Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you hear me, Major Tom? Can you can hear, you hear me? I am floating in a tin can. Far, far away. away. Planet Earth to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> It's like we're two naughty children, isn't it? It is. We'd be terrible if we were at school together, us two. I know. Long hot days in the shade of some big old tree Making daisy chains and watching all the honeybees Hey Um, Esther, hey Esther, how are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> oh Jane, you just make me laugh as soon as I hear your amazing dulcet tones speaking to me down the line. I'm all right, yes, I'm fine. I've um you know, just had a busy day today working in the community garden and mm-hmm. um um yeah, but I've got lots of of B news to tell you. Just before we go on to the B News, I remember you telling me when you worked at the community garden, this is probably a few years ago now, that you found a machete, didn't you? I did, yeah. A very large machete it was, yes. And what did you do with that machete? Well, um, at the time, I was I was very shocked by it because, you know, um, it was just in the undergrowth and I thought, flipping X, I, I rang the police, of course. Well, I rang my dad, first of all, to tell him, um, because, you know, I used to do that sort of thing, because, you know, um, obviously before he died. And he sort of said, you need to get on to the police and write to your local MP and all that sort of thing. But I think it's quite an occurrence in, in a lot of gardens. And um, this one was massive. Um, and I thought to myself, shall I use it for... On Tom? Shall I use it for cutting up pumpkins? Because it was very, very big. But no, it handed into the police. It was unused in a sort of sheath, you know. It was... was, Yeah, it was grim, actually. But I didn't find another one. But, um, yeah, the garden has developed a lot since then and I'm back standing in for somebody at the moment and uh, making lunches for everybody and doing a bit of gardening and it's beautiful it's called Sunnyside Gardens and it's near Archway it was obviously an old bomb site and it's just been grown up with so many beautiful trees and plants and it's like being in Wisley or somewhere at the moment they've got a fabulous garden there and loads of wonderful volunteers oh my god it's dreamy it's wonderful I know. So today, yeah, today I made wraps, falafel wraps. I thought you were going to say I made rats. (laughs) I I cooked some rats for them (laughs) that I'd found in the garden. I used the machete on the rats, beheaded them and cooked them and they were delicious. The residents um... were none the wiser. (laughs) (laughs) I did see two rats actually, but no, I didn't cook them. Um, but we talked a lot about 
what we would have done if we'd had to eat rats and perhaps we would have done like the Romans did and kept them in a big jar. They used to keep them in big jars, didn't they? And then they used to feed them. them. They capture them and then feed them and dormice as well and feed them up until they were really fat and then with all yummy herbs and and lovely green things and and then after that they'd be fit to burst these rats and dormice and then they Mm. used to eat them. I wonder why they don't do that now. Is that because rats live in sewers now, mainly? I think it was mainly dormice, but somebody said to me it was also rats. I suppose, you know, it was their protein back in the old Roman times and um, that's what they did. I mean, you could do it now, but obviously we've got other ways of farming animals, haven't we? (laughs) Which probably aren't as sustainable as catching your local rat and and feeding it up on lovely herbs. (laughs) Well, you see, I had rats in my house, so maybe I should have done that with my rats. Yeah, but you want to make sure you've fed them for a few weeks on nice, yummy things. Well, I could have done that. I could have passed some herbs through the floorboards. <laughs> you could have done, yeah. And some gnats. <laughs> and, and some gnats. You could have some passed naps. some gnats. And, and, and then laid the traps. And oh. then that would have been um, good fodder for me and my oh. son. But the only problem is, is that because if, unless you'd kept them in a big, um, you know, ceramic jar like the Romans, mm. you wouldn't know whether they might be eating something else. But like poo. Yeah, poo and rat poison, which actually wouldn't be so edible for you. (laughs) (laughs) um, What's your week been like? You must be so busy. Well, I'm very busy. My festival, Peas, York and Aliens, opened at Brighton Festival on Monday, Mm -hmm. yesterday. Oh, brilliant. It's been a very stressful time, Esther. Oh, poor old you. I know. I feel that it's um, because it's my first foray into doing an art piece. I found it very difficult to let it go. I've I've been very kind of nitpicky about it. It's not quite Mm. right yet. It's not absolutely right yet. And I'm not sure about this and I'm not sure about that. Mm. And um, Molly and Francesca have swanned back to their respective homes. And I am still here. And um, I've been a bit better, actually, this afternoon. I took myself into the gardens mm-hmm. and, and I wrote my diary and I, and I was a bit calmer. Mm-hmm. But I have been uh, incredibly stressed about it. Yeah, I feel like I've gone into a real sort of uh, Julia artist sort of uh, angst. What would Julia <clears throat> say? What would Julia say about my angst? Well, you know what? She'd just say, look, Jane, you know, you've done a marvellous exhibition here. You know, it's your first exhibition. For God's sake, you know, let it go now. You've done it. It's wonderful. It's brilliant. You're so creative. You've done a marvellous job. <laughs> now just let the audience enjoy it. Leave it alone, for goodness sake. Get home and, and eat your Lancashire hot pot. <laughs> well, I think she'd say that, wouldn't she? Well, I like it. I accept that, Julia. Thank you. Yeah, come on. You've got to just, like, be very proud of yourself. You've done a wonderful thing doing this. It's right out of your box. You've stepped right out of the box, and you're wonderful at that, Jay. You really are wonderful. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Oh, thank you, Julia. Oh, you are kind. So tell me about the bees, 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 the bees,
Well, you know, it's interesting. You had your angst and I had my angst too because um, when we last spoke, I think I I told you, you know, that the bees were pretty defensive and um, I was just giving them a bit of cooling off time and I'd I'd sent a message to the neighbours to say that we'd caught the swarm and we put that in a new hive and we were just leaving them to settle down. Anyway, so... The neighbours said thank you very much and then sadly one of the neighbours ignored my plea and went and decided to strim their allotment. (laughs) Anyway, they strimmed the allotment and of course the bees went absolutely nuts and um, they stung her husband and they stung her as well. On the head. A husband that went in his visor, he was doing the strimming. And, I mean, bees don't like strimmers anyway. But obviously these bees are were being defensive. And I think she got stung, or it might have just been her husband. But she's the one who her husband had been stung before. So I thought twice is enough. Mm. And I was very upset. But I rang Brian... Our good friend Brian McCallum, um, XB inspector, and he Mm -hmm. said, I'll come and take them. He was going to come to take them the very next day. So I was working that day and got home pretty late. And I said to Tom, Come on, we're going to have to, like, you know, lock up the hives um, because, of course, we needed to give Brian the swarm and the parent hive of that. So that was the Manx, you know, we said last week who were, like, taking over. You know what I mean? Oh, right. They wouldn't like being taken, though, would they? Where are you taking us? This always happens to us. We've done no wrong. We're just defending our territory. All right. Yeah, well, they weren't too (laughs) pleased. I was all zipped up, suited up. And what I was going to do is just tape up the entrance. Was Tom so, in his mankini? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, his shoelace was undone. And I said to him, for goodness sake, tie your shoelace, you know, because you might trip over in the, was it, as it got a bit darker. Because we had to wait till dusk because you don't want to leave any bees outside. You know, it wouldn't be fair mm. on them. Hold on, I'm just going to burp. Burp. Oh, excuse oh, me. Sorry see, about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> you eaten? I had a bit of banana cake just before and I wolfed it down. Oh. Anyway, so it's come back to burp me. But anyway. <laughs> so, so, yes. So we waited till... I just didn't imagine that it was going to be quite as loud and violent as that. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I did I that one like, on purpose. I feel like I'm on I'm a celebrity get me out of here. Have you been eating kangaroo penis? <laughs> anyway, I won't do any more. Um, just do just do one more. It's got to end with a three. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. You see, I don't know how to burp. I don't know when people have tried to teach me how to burp, I just don't know how to do it. Is it <laughs> Did you hear what I said then? Did you hear what it's I said? It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> is that you? Is that you actually burping or going? It's easy. <laughs> it's, it's me burping. Anyway, come on, let's get back to business. Let's get back to bees. So, 
We waited for the stragglers to go in and then we put the entrance in but turned it the other way around so it was blocked so they couldn't get out. And then I got this gaffer tape. But my gaffer tape was, you know, it wasn't great because I wasn't truly prepared because I'd only got the call earlier on, you know, when I was at work. So I got this quite rubbish gaffer tape and I tried to tape them in. Anyway, it looked like it had worked. But then the next thing, I thought with the parent colony, because there wasn't quite so many bees in then, I thought, well, I'll take those and put them back into the nuke hive just to make it a bit easy for transport for Mm. Brian. Um, Instead of having two big brood boxes in there, I just thought I'll get them back into the nuke. Nuke, yeah. Anyway, oh, my God, they were angry when I took them. They were livid with me for taking... Absolutely livid. So what happened then? Sadly, Tom, of course, hadn't got his bee suit. Well, he had his mankini on. He had his mankini on and he hadn't got his bee suit quite tucked in in the way mine was. And also he'd put an old... It was an old bee suit, which, you know, I've not looked at for a long time and I didn't realise there was a slight hole at the bottom... Yeah. Um, and because he hadn't really tucked his socks in properly, you know, and his shoelace was undone and all that. Anyway, <laughs> he kept saying, oh, I think I've got a bee in my suit. I think, I think I've got a bee in my suit. <laughs> anyway, they, as I was moving them and they were crossed because obviously it was now dark and we had a torch. Yeah. And it wasn't the sort of beekeeping anyone would like to be doing beekeeping in the dark. But Did you smoke? Yeah, I had my smoke. Mm. Anyway, we got them into the nuke. And it all went well, but it was a bit full on because Tom did get stung. And actually, I had quite a few on my net and I sort mm. of shook my net at the end. And as I shook my net, I pushed my net back onto my face and actually one did sting me through the net. That's how oh, fed really? up they were. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a nice sting on my face. And I was doing a self-tape the next day. Oh, did you mention yeah. that your sting? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Jeannie said it filled out my lines, so it looked quite good. Oh, it would have been good if they'd stung you on your lips and then you would have looked like you'd had fillers on your lips. <laughs> yeah, it would have done. Anderson lips. Yeah, oh, it would have done, yeah. But it, it puffed my cheek up quite nicely, so that was good. So Ooh. thank you, B, for that. But just only one cheek. So you looked a bit like Elephant Man. <laughs> <laughs> so I favoured that cheek towards the camera when I did the tape. <laughs> that was my beautiful side. And it was quite red as well, so I didn't need any blusher. Oh, you'd be like Montgomery Cliff, just being shot from one side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, it was quite traumatic and Tom was very fed up. And he kept saying, which hive are we doing next? Which hive are we doing next? I thought, mm. he's gone, he's gone. He's lost the plot. Well, he's been stung, anyway, Esther. Where have yeah. he been stung? We finished off and we had to wait for them all the bees to go into the nuke, which they wouldn't go in and had to wait. We had to wait. We waited till nearly 11 o'clock at night for them to no, finally go in. No, really? Yeah. They were just out raving and well, getting they angry. Be, they? The man yeah. would be angry. <laughs> hey, we haven't finished our rave yet. We're not even started it, man. Yeah. Yeah, and we move. I had to move house in the dark. It must have been very traumatic for them. Oh. Anyway, so we went home and we kept our suits on. And when we got back, um, Tom took his suit off and like 
quite a few dead bees fell out and he had oh. loads of stings. Did he? They'd obviously flown up his trousers mm-hmm. and he's got quite a furry tummy, so they went for the bare bit of him. Yes. And uh, the furry bare bit, and so they stung his tummy. He had a few stings. I think he had two on his stomach, actually, and then he had uh, a couple on his hand through his glove. And then what, I through think the rubber had... glove? Yeah, but that wasn't too bad, but he got them on his wrist. They'd managed, his rubber gloves had sort of come loose and he'd not bothered to pull them back, and so he got a couple of stings on his wrist. Oh. Anyway, oh, God. So in the morning, I had to get up at the crack of dawn, mm. go to the hardware shop that opened at eight and buy some Gorilla Gaffer Tape. Um, that's like the <laughs> stickiest, yes. strongest sticky stuff you can get. And yeah. so then I went up to the allotment and um, there was one or two stragglers who hadn't got in, who'd obviously been out all night. I don't know yeah. where they'd been, but they weren't. They were all night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Down at the Italians, like, you know, we popped in there, had a bit of pasta, <laughs> um, <laughs> a bit of linguine. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of them as well, What because what I did, I forgot to mention this, when I was putting the ones into the nuke, they had a couple of supers on their hive. I couldn't get all the bees off. Um, the, the nurse bees, you know, the ones that have only just hatched recently and haven't been out the hive yet, they were still sort of all over the, the small amount of honey that they had. Yeah. So I left them on that. I thought, well, I'll just leave them to it. And I put a bit of newspaper on the other hive and then I united them with that hive so I left them with a bit of newspaper I put the supers on top of that and so they would then nibble through the paper and unite with the other bees anyway so that was all done and and I think the stragglers you know at that point it wasn't raining so maybe they they sort of buy their way into another hive usually that's what happens um yeah and you know offering nectar or pollen to get through the door and I gorilla taped it all up and then Brian came and it rained and rained. The the heavens opened Mm. and then Brian, off he went with the bees and he's taken them to a field. They're going to stay with him. Right. um, Because we can't get any new queens because of Brexit. I told you about that last week. He's going to wait and then he's going to requeen them in the summer and then bring them back at the end of the summer. So they're working for him. They're in the Borstal camp. Yeah, I've got to say they've gone to the, de- <laughs> gone to the detention centre. He's very good with them. He knows how to handle them. <laughs> Is he? Are they doing community service? Well, they're not allowed to mix. They're not allowed to mix because... With the community you know. yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Word on the street in the beekeeping community, there's quite a lot of bees that are very defensive. Now, Ooh. there's been no research to be done. But we were talking and, you know, is it because of this strange weather? So the spring, remember when you came, there was some nice, there was some honey coming, they were building up. Yeah. Even when Brian came and looked through, there was some honey. I was like, oh, a couple more weeks, I've got honey here. Yeah. And there were massive colonies. Mm. But then we had that freezing cold, sunny skies, blue skies, freezing cold in the wind yeah. and in um, and very warm in the sunny spots, but also very cold at night. So what happens when it's very cold at night? In the morning, the nectar, possibly, this is a possibility, the nectar can't rise fully into the plant mm. because, you know, the nectar needs to be about around... Um, 14 to 16 degrees for the nectar to fully rise in the plants. Well, the bees think, oh, it's a sunny day. It's warm on the plot. It's warm in this sunny spot. They get to the trees or the flowers and they can't suck up the nectar. So they were obviously, they obviously were going back, eating the stores, eating the honey, these massive colonies. They're making queen cells so they could, you know, what's going wrong? We've got to, we've got to swarm. We've got to move on from this. And then just very, very defensive. Yeah. You because know. They're, star- they're starving, basically, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Or they're very, con- they're, and they know that they can't get this. They can't the get nectar. what they need. Yeah. yeah. Or they've got yeah. too many children to feed, you know. Mm. So, I mean, this is, this is me and other people sort of... Surmising. Surmising. But Mm. I think it is interesting that there's been a lot of reports of of these defensive colonies right now. Very interesting, Esther. Yeah. 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 But it's hard decision. It was, you know, such a shame to have to move them off the plot. But, you know... Well, and also they were working so well before they became defensive. They were working so well, weren't they? They really were. And that's, well, like you've just said, and it, so it's very disappointing. It's not like they were the Italians who were who have mm. been struggling. You know, they've been thriving, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. But they are, it all is not lost. They've just gone on the holidays to Borstal. And yes. hopefully they'll be reformed characters when they come back. But I that... think they'll be so bored in the countryside. But they get, <laughs> get back to the city, all right, all's forgiven and forgotten. We just won't get back to the city, right, where things are happening. <laughs> so boring here. All right, all right, we're going to behave. <laughs> <laughs> they might write us a letter, might they? Yes. Dear Esther, all right, so we messed up. We stung a few folk along the way, but, like, you know... Yeah. Things have changed, you know, we're going to be better. Don't reject <laughs> us. Get us back home quick. We need to get out with the business, you know. We need to get back to business. Come on, for God's sake. So um, that's the latest. That's the latest. But it makes you wonder, doesn't it, about the, the whole thing? I mean, if these bees were in your garden. Yes. My neighbours wouldn't be very happy, would they? No. You don't know what could happen, do you? But it was, it was upsetting. But uh, I'm over it now, and actually, I'm quite pleased that it's all being, you know, they're going to be okay. And you know, I've still got the others. You've got two colonies now, haven't you? The, yeah, the Italians yeah. and the other Buckfasts. 
Well, I've got the Italians, who obviously aren't much of a colony, but who knows, we're, we're hoping. Yeah. I've got the other Buckfasts, and I've mm-hmm. got another small nucleus of bees, and I'm hoping when I look in there, they've got a queen. So we'll see what comes of them. I've put them in Lynn's, one of Lynn's hives. I don't know. Do I know about this other nucleus? No, you don't really know much about it. I've not really told you because they were out of a garden um, of a local beekeeper who his he was you know overwhelmed with his bees and again he lived in you know back-to-back terraced houses with a big colony of bees that actually kept swarming and the neighbors weren't too happy about it so he gave me a split so that means he gave me you know he did give me some frames of bees there wasn't a queen in there um and so i put some eggs in from one of our hives and hopefully 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 they'll make a queen and you know They'll crack on. Oh, brilliant. That's great, Essie. And what, yeah. what, are, what are they going to be called, do you think? You have to give them a name. Well, they're from Wood Green. So, the Wood Greens, is that a bit boring? Yeah. <laughs> 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 they could be, um, yeah, Wood Green. Wood Greeners. The Wood Greeners. Um, have they the got woods. any, have they, have they displayed any sort of personality as yet? Well, not, no, I've not really examined them much. Brian had a look at them. Um, he said they were fine. I've not really got to know them yet. I'm going to interview them as soon as the weather's better and mm. I'll, I'll, I'll see how they're doing and what the character is like. <laughs> maybe maybe we, we could call them the splits, as in the slits. Oh, yeah. The, the slits. The splits. Are they called the splits then? I think we'll call them the splits as they are from a split. Okay, okay. They're a new punk colony called the splits yeah <laughs> good splits the splits buzz, you, buzz, see, buzz, it, buzz, you buzz. see the splits were an old girl band so it makes sense yeah very good name <laughs> you know what that was a very good name jane you're so creative with your naming process i'm absolutely blown away by that suggestion of, of the splits <laughs> it's marvelous <laughs> <laughs> oh julia i do like you keep giving me confidence well, you are wonderful. You're a lovely little fuzzy wuzzy bee yourself. That's why I think you're so nice. <laughs> oh. And Julia, you're coming to Brighton tomorrow, aren't you, to watch yes. the Open Aliens? And then you're going to host the Q and A, aren't you, Julia? Yes, I am. I really am, and it's going to be marvelous. I'll, you know, I'll have a look at this piece of art, which I know is going to be absolutely fabulous, and then I'll just say this is a wonderful piece of artwork. What, what, what can you tell me about it, for everybody? You know, and let's keep it positive. <laughs> <laughs> and if somebody offered a negative comment, what would you say, Julia? I'd say take that bit of negativity and, and go and throw it out into the sea down on the... That's where that belongs and the waves will wash it and swash it and make it good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God, Jane, we're going to, oh my God, we can't keep talking nonsense. <laughs> I love that. I just like Julia. I want Julia to do the Q&A. You can come in disguise. Yeah, I could. Have you got a wig? Could I? Yeah, I could find one. I've got a pink one. I've got a pink one, very, um, you know. Oh, that's very Julia. Yeah, it could be. It could be nice. And you could stick some birds in it. You could put it yes. on, stick some birds in it. I've got two lovely robins nesting in my shed and they've had a half a dozen chicks, Jade. I could bring them stuck on my head. They'd look <laughs> very nice and they're very friendly. They love art. They love it. <laughs> well, there's 
lots of birds in my piece. Lots of starlings yeah. flying and birds mm-hmm. uh, who are chomping, um, being fed and chomping on on worms. So I think they respond very positively to it, Jane. Actually, I think they would respond very positively. It's a good idea. Very creative and wondrous idea, Jane. <laughs> full of it. You truly are full of it. Here's to the next exhibition. Come on, bring it on. <laughs> well, maybe I'll work with you on it, Julia. Oh, yes, come on. Why don't we do a collaboration, Jane, you know? I think I'm falling in love with Julia. <laughs> she's she's going to turn me. <laughs> So, Esther, this is the final episode of our third series. Haven't we done well? We have, haven't we? It's brilliant. It's, it just flows by, doesn't it? So flows by. And mm. um, I know that we're going to take a little break of two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, But will you um, keep us updated on Instagram of any new... You know, um, well, I'm sure there'll be some drama along the way. If you could keep us updated before we reconvene in two weeks. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, hopefully I'll have some bees left by the next (laughs) series. Otherwise, Mm. you know, maybe we could make some. (laughs) Well, that's a good idea. With Julia's help. Absolutely. Maybe that's our, that's maybe that could be our next exhibition. That is, is just full of little handmade bees. And um, yes, well, I'll be keeping you updated. And um, you know, hopefully, this colony that I've got will. It, it had a supersedious cell last time I looked, so they're obviously looking to make a new queen. Yes. And uh, hopefully, they'll lay enough eggs and have enough workforce um, ready to collect. All the horse chestnut that's out now, and then after oh. that it will be the lime. Um, so you know we've we've got a lot of wonderful tree forage to look forward to, and it really is the bees' main source of forage. You know the the in this area the horse chestnut, and then followed by the lime. So now, do it's you think? Great. Do you think in two weeks' time, I might be able to visit the plot, and might we have a little taste of? some of the honey that um, the number one book fasts have made it all depends on weather i mean if it carries on raining like this then no um we definitely won't but if suddenly the rain stops then there's a possibility usually by half term i've got some honey and it is half term next week but at the moment um i think you know after the things that i described earlier I don't think there's much chance of that by next week unless the rain stops. <laughs> what about my honey? <laughs> no. <laughs> you might have to wait. Let's wait and see. Let's hope okay. for the best and hope for sunshine because there's going to be, if there's a lot of sunshine after all this rain, that means there'll be lots of nectar and it'll be wonderful. So let's keep positive. Oh, I'm excited. oh well thank you and thank you and and happy end of third series my dear friend yeah thank um, you jane i'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow in the flesh it's going to be great absolutely well we we can report back on that as well um and see whether you came as esther or julia (laughs) yes (laughs) oh we can't start laughing all right then see you in series four then see you in series four
Bye. 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 Toodle Pippins. <laughs> and I'll call you up whenever I'm feeling down. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield and partly recorded at The Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from The Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.